All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. How's your week Jeez, going? No. Uh, good. Almost done. It is almost done, although tomorrow my day is going to be a shit show because I've got to help with weekend logs and oh, I'm doing a... Shit. Why do you have to help with weekend logs? Just because it's a lot to do. And, oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, the boss is taken off a little early sure. to drive to New Brunswick, so... Right. I mean, long weekends are are difficult in the line of scheduling music for radio anyway. I know. It's difficult for everything in radio. Like, I booked a, a doctor's appointment at 3.15 tomorrow, and I was like, I'm going to regret this. I know I'm going to regret this. Because of the traffic? I didn't know. I just wanted a doctor's appointment as soon as possible. Yeah. And uh, not that there's any emergency here. I had to see a doctor. Asa. You just mean uh, you're going to be slammed tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow is definitely going to be a day that I'm going to yep. be slammed and I'm booking like an hour off at the end of the day. But. So I've got that and I've, I've got, I'm going to do a phoner with Serena Ryder in the afternoon. Oh, that's cool. It is cool. And I've never talked to her before and I've heard that she's uh, just one of the nicest people in Canadian music. Yeah. So I'm sure it'll be fine. But... I tend to over-prepare for those things just in case the person is awkward. Can I tell you how you open the conversation? Okay. I'm here with Serena Ryder. <laughs> Ryder? Barely know her. <laughs> Hi, Serena. My name's Colin Sweet. The number of times I've back-sold her song, What I Wouldn't Do, by making some joke about don't do what she wouldn't do. Or like, <laughs> uh, it would probably, what I wouldn't do. It would probably drive her crazy. Actually, that electric guitar in the corner... Um, it's Dan Electro. It's actually called Silvertone on the head. Yep. It's exactly the same guitar she has as 1963 Silvertone. No way. Are yes. you going to talk about that with her? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. That's awesome. That's that's how you break the ice. Totally. Yep. It'll be like, I have that. It's have, awesome. Hers is red and mine is black. Oh, cool. And I think she has two lipstick pickups. No way. Yeah. That's really awesome. So right away, she's going to be like, okay, I'm just interested in talking to this guy anyway. This is different than a normal interview yeah if for all the phoners she'll be doing tomorrow no, no one, one will say that yeah can right. you imagine if you're like the third person that's <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's, oh you got one too again. there's like a prep service that's going around <laughs> uh that would happen it would happen to me i'm sure it'll be fine that's awesome yeah that's cool and it also like probably not super stressful i mean it's not like you're talking to uh celine dion so it's not like that. Celine Dion. Right. You know, right. you're not talking to Celine Dion. No, she, and, but it doesn't really matter about the, the fame level. No. And what gets me nervous. Yeah, you're just uh, like, uh, you you just want everything to go well. That's, I want everything, that's I want to be concerned. in control. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, I don't want to be the cause of it not being very good. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, and... It almost always is fine, but it's it's not unlike anything else that I might get nervous for professionally, like getting on stage to do some microphone stuff, like mm -hmm. bring-ons or whatever. I'm fine when I'm out there. And I'll even acknowledge that in my brain while I'm talking to a few hundred people. Sure. I'm actually not that uncomfortable. Have I but asked I was you? so uncomfortable for three days leading up to it. Right. Yeah, that's understandable, though. I mean, yep. I think a lot of people would. Have I ever asked you what your dream interview would be? Um, No. It's an interesting question. Who's that? Uh, does it have to be within the world of music? No, it can be anyone. Because like a year ago, I did an interview with this, like, um, I've actually done this twice now. Uh, he was a, a theater actor, 
like he had done his own one man show at Neptune Theater. Okay. And he came in and I interviewed him mm-hmm. and it was so nice to talk to somebody who wasn't a musician. Right. There was another case where a guy had made a short film. I don't know why it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I was doing a phone with this guy, but okay. I was. And he made a short film and I talked to him. And it was like one of the best interviews I'd ever done at the time, just just to kind of shake it up. So sure. I don't know if my dream interview would necessarily be a musician. Uh, I don't necessarily think music is my favorite art form anyway. So right, maybe like yeah. I'll t- think. Who I'll do tell I? you my guess okay. after you say it. Okay. But I don't really know. I, I'm 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 kind of drawing a blank on like who my idols are. Sure. Um. I guess like Aaron Sorkin. Sure, Aaron Sorkin. That's good. I was going to say like J.K. Rowling. Oh, yeah. That'd be so cool. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be crazy? I once had an idea for a play mm-hmm. that I'm never going to write, so I'll just spoil the idea. Sure. Maybe uh, I can give it to my sister. Yeah, you should. I had Because <laughs> it would have to be done by British people for it to be... Gotcha. My sister right. very un-British. She's not British. Um, I had an idea for a play which would be about jk rowling struggling to sell harry potter to publishers ah. and the whole thing would take place on the train right um and so she's got like a toddler with her and i just i just thought that would be a cool premise i was just thinking in my head like she's like struggling and and she's created this world of analogies of like the drug culture <laughs> and it's a, a wizarding book and so harry potter is actually like heroin <laughs> so, it's all just a metaphor for, yeah, for her i mean for her selling drugs <laughs> and she made a classic children's novel out of it and just too. some b-level play decides to spoil that for <laughs> all the children of the world yeah. Oh, I love it. Speaking of Harry That's Potter, cool, there was cool, cool, Harry Potter, cool Harry Potter news today. What was it? Uh, oh, I, I think I know it. Yeah, Jude Law. Yeah. Cast as young Dumbledore in the Fantastic Beasts sequel. Who would have thought that this... I definitely didn't for, you know, all the notoriety that um, Harry Potter has. I really didn't think these prequels were going to be as big a deal as they were. Like, Fantastic Beasts was awesome. It was awesome. And it had a lot of huge stars in it, and now there's even more stars signing on. Yeah, and they're doing five movies in total, and then I mean, we'll see what happens after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but five of the Fantastic Beast films, I yeah, and, and I think that's what they're all going to be called, Fantastic Beasts. Although I know they're not all going to um, follow what's his name, the Eddie Redmayne character. Right. So I don't really know how that's going to fit in. Like a big part of this next movie is Grindelwald mm-hmm. and how he's come back mm-hmm. and his kind of tense relationship with with young Dumbledore. Right. So that legendary battle between those two great wizards is going to come to play in these films. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see Jude Law and another actor who I won't identify simply because it's a bit of a spoiler. Um, but it's going to be cool to see. Oh, the the person who was revealed at the end of the... Okay, yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I was going to say too that uh, he, do you think Jude Law's trying to complete like a young trilogy? He's got <laughs> I, know, I thought of that too. Yeah. <laughs> young Dumbledore, young Pope. Maybe he'll be like a rapper just in real life. Yeah. Named like Young Jude or something. Considering how, yeah, that's right. That's what he should do. <laughs> yeah. Considering how different the Pope and Dumbledore are, mm-hmm. I think it would have to be a rapper in order for it to be. So different yet so similar. <laughs> a balanced trilogy. Both magic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Both strongly believe old. in magic anyway. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, I, I was really on board with it, and I was going through the, the the Reddit comments and, you know, seeing the occasional person who's kind of critical 
of the film franchise in general and calling it a cash grab. I totally disagree. Like, I read Harry Potter and the Cursed Child last summer. That was a cash grab. Right. It was an you abomination. Were, you were unimpressed with that one. It was like, it was, it was, yeah. It was a calamity. Really? <laughs> it, was, it was that bad. It was really, really shameful that anybody signed off on it. Now, to be fair, they won a bunch of awards at whatever the British Tonys are this week a few nights ago. It mm-hmm. just happened. Um, and For was, the Broadway version of that? For the London. It's not on sure, Broadway Sure, the yet. play version of it. Right. But it's in London. And the, the production won. It was like the La La Land of the Night. Like they, they really wow. cleaned up. And the actress who plays Hermione had this mm-hmm. really empowering speech about immigration. And I'm sure... <laughs> visually uh, all the right keys are in place right now <laughs> exactly i'm sure visually it's quite spectacular mm-hmm. it may have lost something just in the reading of the text but also the story is massively flawed and is not a good service to the lore of harry potter man and jk did it well n- n- i mean i don't know how much she put together because no she did not write the play the play is written by two like notable british playwrights okay but they say the story is hers now i don't know how much she said did she say oh they have another time turner and they go back to save cedric diggory and then they filled in all the other blanks or did she have a real broken down that's what the cursed child's about that's what it's about they save cedric diggory yes successfully (laughs) yeah so cool but but therein lies an inherent bullshit um flaw in the whole thing because so it's it's still like harry potter and that same cast except for that he's not the main character in it like he's he's in it routinely but his kid is the main character in it oh i see uh and malfoy's kid it's it's just very i don't know it the the time turner in prisoner of azkaban well that's a cool book Mm mm-hmm J.K. Rowling said herself years ago, I never should have done that. Because once you start dealing with time travel, you're just complicating oh, your, your world. Up, uh... So I don't know why they decided to bring it back. But the whole point of the time turner in Prisoner of Azkaban was that you could not change history. Mm-hmm. All you could do was go back and and do what you were always going to do. Right? It's that it's that angle on time travel. Right. Not we can change destiny. And they changed destiny in The Curse of Child. So suddenly it's this different device. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't it doesn't mesh with the Harry Potter universe we know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned the once you open that, once you open the time travel door, it's hard to get away from it that. It's hard it? to close that door. Cause there's so many like thought processes that you could have after that. Like, okay, well if that happened, then why didn't they just go back before, you know, why didn't they just go back to when Voldemort was a baby? Exactly. And- I did it when I uh, well the time travel uh, the time turner is not supposed to be able to go back long periods of time, oh. which is another issue with them going all the way back to book four. Right. Um, I tried to use time travel in a Dungeons and Dragons campaign I crafted, and it totally ruined the story. Really, it was impossible. <laughs> You're like, you know what, guys? Fuck this. This is the worst. <laughs> Everyone died. Story. Let's start over. Yeah. So uh, I got a couple more. Uh, little TV movie news items, although not as many as there were last week. Okay. Uh, a couple people died in the last week. Don Rickles, the big one. Yeah. That one. Did you see Jimmy Kimmel talking about it? No, I didn't. Oh, it was like the big late night moment of the week. Really? Yeah, he cried he, a lot. Wow, man. I've been like kind of trying to stay off social media more than usual. Why? Just really because it's, I find it to be bad for you. Bad for you and kind of waste your time. And yeah. So I'm just like, I don't need to know these things. Like, it's good to find out now that 
You know, I, I watched like a highlight reel of Don Rickles and I found that really enjoyable. He was a funny man. Did you see the the thing that Curtis uh, Curtis Bray, our old uh, PD, uh, liked the status from a guy that he worked with, Jeff Lumby? Lumsby? Lumby? I don't think I saw this. Uh, and Jeff, uh, Jeff just posted when Don Rickles died that uh, wanted to just mention that I interviewed Don Rickles once and Don Rickles said he was down in Vegas and I said, oh man, Vegas, I love it so much. I went down a year ago and I haven't been back since. And he just <laughs> responded, oh yeah, they can't stop talking about it down here, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was so funny and so quick for like an 80 year old man. How old was he when he died? He was 90. 90, 90 or 91. So he would have been like 80 whatever Jimmy Kimmel told a, a great story that was apparently a Don Rickles classic I think I've heard it before so I don't mind telling it sure um about because he all of his stories all of his best stories involved Frank Sinatra right right he was like part of that group oh yeah this this time where they wrote at some fancy restaurant in New York City and it was Don Rickles Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin I believe mm -hmm. I think that's who it was um and it was very posh and the whole restaurant was white the walls were white the tablecloths were white the servers were all in white everything was white and Frank Sinatra was moody. He was grumpy, as he often was. And he was being very difficult right. and complainy that night. And the server came by and put a bottle of ketchup on the table. And for whatever reason, diva that he was, Frank Sinatra was mad about this. He didn't want ketchup on the table. Mm -hmm. So he picked up the bottle and he hurled the ketchup bottle at the wall. And it exploded red all over the wall. And without missing a beat, Don Rickles goes, can you pass the ketchup, Frank? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And Frank Sinatra started laughing and the night got better after that. Sure. Yeah. Every time I've, I've seen him do things like, you know, some of the roast jokes I didn't find as funny, but him just in conversation with people I found way funnier. Can, can you like fix that curtain behind you? Yeah. What is the cat doing? Oh my God. She like, well, she'll just like sit and sleep all week and then you come over. And she has to... She gets fired up. Yeah, I know. So so to me, you understand that this is the only way that I ever see her. You just she's see her being annoying. She's always this way. <laughs> That's terribly true. <laughs> anyway. Know, maybe it's like my pheromones or something. Maybe it is. She likes your, your diabetes scent. Yeah, possibly. David Letterman's mom died yesterday. Uh, she's 95. She was like... Holy shit. She was... Uh, kind of famous for people who watched that show a really? lot in like the 90s. That was yeah. when she was on the most. And Dave... Uh, sort of made her a star right but she was very old yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's very very old and did you see charlie murphy died today i saw charlie murphy died today yes i was super sad about that i had no idea he was battling leukemia i didn't really know who he was to be honest really except for that he looks exactly like eddie murphy well had you seen the the rick james skits or the i i heard that he was part of the dave Chappelle world yeah well he was basically the rick james skit and the prince skit were stories from charlie murphy Okay. So Charlie Murphy's narrating the whole thing. Like it's, right. it's literally just, he's breaking the, the fourth wall and he's talking to the camera like, mm -hmm. so this is what happened. And then it like flashes back mm -hmm. and Dave Chappelle's usually playing the main character. Okay. But I think they only did it with Rick James and Charlie Murphy. They might've had one other person, but those are the big ones. Um, the Rick James one. Uh, so he's like in it throughout. He's basically like chronicling him kind of being a part of his brother, Eddie Murphy's posse. Right. So, uh, yeah, anyways, that, that was the gist of it. But, but Charlie Murphy was also in skits, like in the Dave Chappelle universe. You yeah. Know? He, he was kind of like an extra. Well, I read today that he was an accomplished comic in his own right. Yeah. I think he was probably a really good writer too. You know, the, <clears throat> the guy who works on set with Gus in the show Love, 
the yeah. the craft services guy. Yeah, yeah. He's Eddie Murphy's brother also. No way. Like, there's a bunch of Murphy brothers. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I had no idea. And in fact, I don't that know. That guy his, seems like he's super young. He is super young, but apparently, I forget who it is. It might be Eddie Murphy if I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. Somebody says he's the funniest Murphy. No way. Yeah. Wow. You're sure it's him too? I'm positive he's Eddie Murphy's brother, yes. But you're sure that he's the funniest one? Yes. That it's said that he is is that he is said to be the funniest one, but perhaps it was said by Eddie Murphy. I'm not exactly sure. But uh, if you look at him again, you'll go, oh, I see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I had no idea. Well, I hope big things for him now. Me too, exactly. Although he's probably sad today. Yeah. Uh, Saturday Night Live. Yes. What did you think? I thought Saturday Night Live was hilarious this week. I'm... uh, big fan of I was that sounded really contrived when I was saying that because I was just watching what you're doing I'm a big fan of Louis CK anyway so him it seems like he's really getting into being a part of the writing process for Saturday Night Live oh you could clearly tell which ones were written by him yeah absolutely like the first act that one that we were talking about the uh the soda shop one yes. Like, that was so funny to me. It was really funny. Everything about the dialogue in it was hilarious, and it was, like, very bizarre. The mm-hmm. whole the whole episode was super absurd, and I love stuff like that. Thank You, Scott was really good. Yeah. It's a digital short yeah. about, I don't know what the term for, for guys like Scott are. but the, Social media warriors? Yeah, the... The the sofa social media warriors. Yeah. The sofa like, the, the sofa advocates. You have eighty five followers and you're posting about how bombing Syria is bad. Thank have, you, Scott. Have you found yourself uh more and more cynical about about hashtag activism as you've oh, yeah, gotten older? That's, that's one of the main reasons I'm not going on social media Just as like much. In the last six months, I mean there's lots to say on social media mm-hmm. in terms of like uh your personal beliefs politically or socially or whatever mm-hmm. in this time. So maybe it's just a rich era, but I have just found myself rolling my eyes at, at Facebook statuses more often than ever. And maybe because Facebook statuses are suddenly brightly colored memes now. Yeah. I hate those things. And everyone takes themselves for the most part, people either take themselves too seriously or they think they're stand up comedians on social media. Well, that's and like, <laughs> I would never post something that wasn't supposed to be funny. Right. Um, but again, it doesn't need to be said because it's not that funny. Right. Right? Yeah. I don't, I don't understand at all when it's neither. And sometimes it is, especially with like middle-aged Facebook users. They'll be like, <laughs> I had a really great day at work today. Great and, run. And then right with, after work. Yeah. And then sat down with the hubby to watch Wheel of Fortune. Like, I didn't need to know any of that. No. And that's just great. Just wasted my life. Although you're like, you're happy for the person. Like, seems like things are going well for you. Don't need those check-ins. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I had a bit of a a bit of an epiphany thinking about it because I, 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 was, I was getting fired up at every annoying social media post I saw today. Yep. And I had a bit of a realization and I was like, maybe I find this so obnoxious because there's a part of me that feels a little self-absorbed to do the job that I do, to, mm. to get on under the, under the guise of don't my thoughts matter to the world enough that I should be able to share them over a microphone. Oh, wow. I should literally be able to broadcast them. So it's almost like I'm projecting this frustration with myself on the poor guy who runs the massage clinic that right. I, I used Not to Not everyone be. should have my capability. And I don't feel that way, right. but it's, it's, it's like the idea that we all want to constantly broadcast our ideas and every fr- fleeting little idea, sure. thought that we have out into the masses as if it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, is something that I think I feel guilty about. Right. And so I'm upset that other people 
do it without considering that. Right. It's, it's very, it's very complicated. And to a certain extent, you must feel a little frustrated because people are excited to talk about something. And oftentimes, like as announcers, you guys are like, like grasping at straws for things to talk about because you're looking for to fill so many breaks and stuff too, I find right? My, I, I kind of feel alone in that. That's like the loneliest part of my job. It's not sitting in a quiet room by myself. It's that I feel like I'm the only radio announcer in the world who has a hard time filling a show. Anytime, I don't think that's true. I it I feel like it is. Anytime I say it to somebody, they're like, oh, I just got to, you know, you got to find a couple of things or right. oh, I just look a little harder. Or maybe and they've I, stopped caring as maybe, much. Maybe, but like I've got 12 slots to fill. And it can be really hard sometimes. Yeah. Other days, not so bad. Right. Today, well, today was pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Giles, another one that passed away. Jay Giles died, I know. Did you know that like the Eagles and Billy Joel and U2 all opened for Jay Giles' band? Oh, yeah. Jay Giles' band was, <laughs> was like huge. I was talking about this uh, with, with Anna today because she said, or my dad read a Rolling Stones book at one time and he said that they were really big fans of Jay Giles. And I'm like, I just don't wasn't get Jay it. Giles way after? But Jay Giles band, although they were big in the eighties with like freeze frame and centerfold and stuff, they had a yeah. huge like blues rock component in the seventies, right. I guess. Right. Which was kind of like the undercurrent of their It fame. must go way back for Billy Joel to have been beneath them. Cause he was like early. So were the Eagles like early seventies. Yeah. Was Billy Joel that, that old? Well, like, the stranger came out in, I think 75 and it wasn't his first album. Wow. I could be wrong about that, but thereabouts. Sure. 77, maybe. It's wild. Yeah, I I, uh, I kind of just learned through my dad that Jay Giles was a bigger deal than I thought because the, the songs that I hear, again, are Centerfold and, and Freeze Frame. Freeze Frame. And those are not great songs to Centerfold me. Centerfold is like, what compelled you to write that song? You, you were looking through like a porn magazine and just started singing about... And also, aren't you like a millionaire singer? Or is, is it the fact maybe you were dating a porn star at the time, like a Playboy model? Well, the song is about going through a Playboy or a, a porn magazine and seeing your high school sweetheart as oh, the centerfold. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's like seeing this girl you used to think of as so pure and chaste right. and perfect she back in She was pure like snowflakes. No one right. could understand. No one could ever tame. No one could ever tame? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I know. It's like it doesn't really hold up. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Got schooled in Jay Giles lyrics by Colin Sweets. Uh, I know. It'll happen again. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is that Star Wars big is a big point of, of news this week because, uh, well, we we're pretty sure the the Last Jedi trailer is going to drop any day. Okay. I think Star Wars Celebration is tomorrow. Whenever Kathleen Ke- Kennedy is at the, at the festival, I'm stuttering a lot tonight. Uh, whenever she's at the festival, that'll be when they screen the trailer but also because they had teased this big star wars announcement the other day mm-hmm. and it ended up being kind of cool but also kind of disappointing because people thought it was going to be like uh they were going to announce the kenobi movie or something right they just announced another force for change contest where you can like buy tickets into a draw where the prize is pretty amazing you you get to be in the new han solo movie okay you get to go to the episode 8 premiere with daisy ridley and you get to visit Skywalker Ranch. Man, that's really awesome. The prize is crazy good. It's weird that it's just like a massive draw. Yeah, it's one of those charitable things where you can buy one ticket or you can buy 50 tickets. Oh, or... so you buy a ticket and it's like 100 bucks or something. Right, but they just draw it randomly. Sure. And uh, I, the last one they did was um, go for pizza with Robert Downey Jr. And then go to the 
Captain America Winter Soldier premiere. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that would feel a bit strange, don't you? Well, you get to bring a friend. Like, great. I'm going to pizza with Robert Downey Jr. And, and he has to be cool to me. Yeah, it's it's work for him, but he also he can't be a dick. Yeah, on, yeah. On the charity <laughs> great. work event. I'm going to ask him about his former Coke addiction. No, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, I he know. He would probably just be really joking. cool. Wouldn't yeah. you love to go for pizza? Yeah, with, I with would. Robert Downey Jr. and your buddy? Yeah. I don't know. That seems no, like less of a prize to me than actually being in Star Wars. Oh my That's god! Like to be an extra better. in a in a Star Wars. Like movie? if it was if it was go do that. Like if that was an aspect of the win, and then you also got to be an extra in Captain America. Yeah, that would be cool. We got to go to the premiere with him. Yeah, that's cool too. Like you to walk the red carpet again. If he's like, I would just be thinking the whole time. He's probably like, man, this little dick is such a. <laughs> no, it's not the same as. Do I or do I not bother Ben Affleck while he's ordering coffee at Steve Reno's? It's no. not the same because he's working. He's signed up to do this thing. And he's getting paid. And he's not going to pay for the pizza. And he knows. And he knows. <laughs> I don't think he'd be the most pissed about paying for the pizza. <laughs> That's sweets. the real deal breaker. <laughs> and he knows that you donated money to the charity that he supports to be a part of this thing. That's fair. That's cool. Yeah, I don't know. Downey Jr. is just a Downey Jr. as I call him. DJ is just a guy that I would be more scared of being a a cool guy in person. Yeah, he will. He'd be very sardonic, right? He, I, yeah. I feel like he's. Are you? Did you just make fun of me when you said that? Like that's right. that's how I would feel. Yeah. Like, are you are you being straight with me? Or You're are being you... just super dry yeah. all the time. The other thing uh, is that accidentally some images of uh, the new Star Wars Battlefront video game leaked. Okay. Including the cover image uh, on which is Rey holding what appears to be a double-sided, lights, double-sided lightsaber. So people think that might be an allusion to her uh, her Jedi career in the future. Hmm. And does the double-sided lightsaber mean something? It would, be a, it would be a thing they would want to keep under their hat, I think, yeah. But I mean, does it like... Does it have certain meaning with what kind of Jedi she is? Well, it doesn't, except for that she showed quite an adeptness with that staff in the first movie, right? Mm. And now she's going to gain some Jedi expertise in this next film. Right, right. So once she's a Jedi master in her own right, what's she going to wield? I think the second one has to be the best. Yeah. In the Star Wars universe, except for Attack of the Clones, which I thought was still kind of an impressive movie for what it was. Although, like, the prequels were, you know, they were just supposed to be... You know what, though? Attack of the Clones is actually kind of good. It's kind of crazy. I think it is crazy. I think you're supposed to say that Revenge of the Sith is the best of the three. Mm -hmm. I rewatched it before Rogue One came out. It's not good. And it's because of the dialogue. And the dialogue is is the fall of all three of those movies. But visually, like that big gladiator war in Attack of the Clones is awesome. Totally. And you see Yoda with his lightsaber for the first time, albeit that was a mistake. It's that still... was a li- that was a little overboard. Yeah, it was the, a little like, overboard. Ten minute fight scene with Yoda. He shouldn't CGI have. Freaking. He shouldn't have had two lightsaber fights in those in those movies. Right. He should have just had the one. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's a long discussion. Uh, we got. We 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 can't get too into the weeds there. No, we can't. Um, we cannot. Although uh, there are some rumors that they might announce a Star Wars Netflix series. Which would be pretty cool. Yeah, I would want it to be like so far off of like just existing in the Star Wars universe. Well, a la Luke Cage to the Marvel universe. 
yeah. or Jessica Jones. Right. You know, the, the way Disney kind of owns this overarching uh, universe, but tonally it's totally different. Mm-hmm. I'd want it to be like all about Simon Pegg's character that like worked at the <laughs> junkyard. Like just, it's just his life. Junk slug? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Can get a whole backstory on Honey, that guy. I'm angry again. <laughs> yeah, we should definitely explore that guy. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, do you have anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Um, nope, nope, nope. I just drove for an hour and a half before I got here, so I... You're drained. I'm a, well, I'm a little drained. I just wasn't thinking properly about things that we might talk about tonight. I finished The Missing, the second season of The Missing, that BBC Oh, how do you show. feel about it? I love it. Yeah. It was kind of dark. Like, again, Jen and I were kind of laughing because in the final episode, it was like, you know, it was another okay, like everything could be going perfectly and then there had to be something that kind of brought you down significantly. Yeah. It's one of those shows. These... Kind of dour. These single season miniseries have really taken off, haven't they? They're like... Yeah. They're enormous now. Big Little Lies was like a huge thing. Big Little Lies ended and I heard people at the office talking about it and I kind of went over with some theories and they're like, oh, you gotta watch it. You Do you know who it. killed who? No, not yet. So I'm like... Five or six episodes in. I know who killed who. Do you? Yeah. No, I don't want to talk about it until... Not that we've talked about it on this, but I don't even want to ask. No, I I won't say anything. But they are discussing now uh, a second season. Now, the the whole novel is covered. Right. So the creator of that world, the writer, has to kind of come up with some ideas for what we're going to salvage from this series to then spin it into a new one. I think we didn't discuss last week when we were talking about that show Trial and Error is that Mm -hmm. it's just a nine episode series oh wow they've decided already it's got an ending and that's kind of cool that that kind of helps Mm -hmm. a kind of uh it makes you want to watch the rest of the series it does it saves it a little bit yeah because i trust that they're going to keep everything at least in in a row right i'm just getting you can can answer that can i answer this of course you can hello hey good how are you uh, it's good. I'm just uh, over at Sweets' place right now. Sweets? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Okay, I'll talk to you when you get back. All right. See ya. Oh, fuck. No, I'm just She kidding. sounds sweet. I don't think I've ever met your mom. Really? I don't think so. I met your dad uh, once. Yeah. They're I'm both sweet people. Good people. Yeah, they went down to Cuba, and they are just getting back. So we good for them. dropped their car off because they're getting back at like 1 a.m mm. so we drop their car off and it's just sitting in the parking garage waiting for them so they can take it back my trip down south is still still more than two weeks away yeah this is the problem becky wants to start the countdown at like 120 days right and so, i'm not i'm not exaggerating like yeah. she has an app and she says that's part of the fun but with for me when i get these constant updates from her on how many days away it is she's it's 60 days oh well that's ridiculously far oh it's 45 days that's still ridiculously far Mm -hmm. so when it becomes 25 days suddenly there is this uh, idea planted in my head that 25 days isn't that far but But it's still still forever still a month (laughs) it's still a really long time yeah so i'm i'm feeling kind of kind of ready for it i know what you mean see the the benefit for me right now is there's a bunch of stuff that i have to get done before my trip Mm. so i'm like well i kind of don't want it to just happen right now because right. then a bunch of stuff would blow up. In my That's face. totally true of me too, by the way. <laughs> like I've yeah. got a lot of stuff. To, I got to move. Yeah. So, when's that happening? Uh, June 1st. So that'll June be 1st. a few weeks after we get back, but I have to start packing things up. Like I got to put my books and my DVDs in a box. Mm-hmm. 
Anyhow, I have uh, I have this big hard case suitcase that I picked off the side of the road yesterday for some reason. You just picked up. A I suitcase. saw it and I was like, you know what? That looks like a good suitcase. And then I realized there was some duct tape on the top, and just threw it in the back of my car because at this point I was picking trash out. Did of you someone. check to see if there was a body in it? I did after, yeah, okay. and there wasn't. There wasn't. That's really good. Um, but it's a big suitcase. Like, it would fit all that stuff, and you'd be able to roll it. Well, that's good to know. I'll let you know. It's in my trunk. <laughs> You're never going to let me know. No, I might let you know. That might be very, very I helpful. S- I I've still actually never to- thought of using luggage to move books. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. I still have it in my trunk, and I was going to throw it out. <laughs> you just picked it up yesterday. I just picked it up yesterday, but once I realized there was a crack in the top, oh. like there's a small crack in the top, that's why it's. What but I it would be totally functional. What I don't understand is that you're not too proud to pick up people's garbage <laughs> off the side of the street. But the, God forbid you have a cracked luggage. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time that I've ever done it, and for some reason I was picturing a world where the luggage was like submersed in water, <laughs> and that crack was going to be a bit of an issue. Well, maybe if you fly with United. Yeah. Right. Right. God, and you heard the stuff about the doctor now too. Like he's apparently yeah, got like he's not exactly on the level. No, <laughs> no. I know. Uh, that's what I said to Becky. I was like, it would be such a better story if he was just a hero, but he's right. a scummy guy too. So yeah, I don't know who to root for. Do you think they like looked into it and they were like, well, this guy's got charges. <laughs> he's got priors. I don't think so. Let's kick him off. I don't think you can do that. I feel bad for the for the CEO, not because. I think he deserves more credit. I don't. He just can't seem to open his mouth and not say the wrong thing. He didn't he win like CEO of the year? He award won communicator or of the year, right? Which is beautiful. Right. <laughs> it's just such perfect poetry. I mean, that's a tough crisis to work your way out of. It's really tough. Like, what do you say about that? I don't know. Everyone's been fired. We acknowledge that we did something really shitty. Did they fire a bunch of people? No, I'm just like saying, like, as the communicator, we fired everyone. Yeah, we're super sorry. We will be dealing with Dr. What's-His-Face. Yeah. I mean, he did say that. He he did he did say we're very sorry, but even the CEO was like, I'm not going to step down. And honestly, it's a part of me that kind of respects that. Because I kind of hate when company CEOs just have to step down because something happened. Yeah, why would the CEO have to step down because security beat the... Or, I mean, like, I think it was the policy... Which I'm sure he's partially responsible for, and I don't, I'm again, I'm not advocating for anybody's behavior or their policies, mm-hmm. but there's just this PR practice of when something really bad happens, the guy has to stamp and step down, right, to eliminate his toxicity, right, and that doesn't always help. No, I mean that like one of the things we learned in in like public relations school was one of the biggest crises in in the eighties was this that was called the Tylenol crisis and it happened in Washington DC and people were putting, I think it was cyanide pills. Oh my God. In, in Tylenol containers. Ah. And so the CEO said like, we're pulling everything off the shelf. Right. Um, Cause like 13 people died or something crazy. Yeah. And we're pulling everything off the shelf. We're not putting it back on the shelf until we have this resolved. Mm-hmm. So that was when they invented like the sealable, uh, medicine containers yeah uh you mean like with the foil back plastic sheets like you you need to like take the cap off and then there's a a solid plastic oh like a gatorade yeah exactly yeah Yeah. that's interesting that i guess didn't exist before oh wow yeah that seems crazy doesn't it it seems so wild so they were like so that we're gonna figure out a way to like keep this from happening in the future and that was like considered a a media win when you said cyanide you made me think of s-town yeah. Which you're right, does did, get crazy. Did you did you listen more to it? I've listened to four of them now. Wow. 
It's, yeah, it is. It's not what you think it was no, supposed to be about. It's not well. And I, my complaint in the first episode was, I can't follow this. I don't know who they're talking about. Yeah, who they're talking to. And as soon as the thing happens, yep. everything's clear. You right. know, you know what you're, what you're listening to. What's a fascinating uh, backstory behind it, though, is that he went into this project not knowing what project he was making. He does. Which I he guess is what journalism is. To- and he just stuck with it, didn't yeah. he? Like that was the thing where. At, at a certain point, I would have said, okay, well, maybe I'm just going to back out maybe of this. I like, leave this thing has fallen apart. Yeah. But no, he stayed in shit down. So are just... you done? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you satisfied with it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, you know, it's not necessarily like like fireworks every episode mm-hmm. type thing, but you, like it tells a, a good story that you're interested in hearing. Does it resolve in some way? Um, not necessarily. I don't mean like solve a mystery. I just mean like, does it feel like it it ended? Yeah, I think there was as much as there was to say yeah. on the topic yeah. for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, still the number one podcast in the world. Yeah. Right now. Yep. I uh, yeah, I was a fan of it. It was just so so different from you know. I was kind of expecting cereal. I didn't really care for cereal. I kind of right. thought cereal was overrated. Mm-hmm. But I I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. Except for that, I'm not racing to get through it. And you don't need to. No. There's not that. Although there was a couple kind of cliffhangers. Yeah. But after that, it's just telling the story. Yeah. Yeah. I'd recommend people listen to that podcast. You give it your S. Mm-hmm. Give the S to S. Give the S to S down. Hey, let's talk about some television programs. Shows. It's my turn to pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna recap the leftovers. I think. Cool. Which is difficult because so much happens yeah we picked two pilots this week that are long we kind of got it in over our heads yeah so there's a lot to say in 30 seconds Mm -hmm. uh please make sure you give me a countdown and don't just like throw me into the snake pit i would never do that okay okay are you ready i'm ready the snake pit is coming all right i have it right here in three two one Go. We started in a laundromat. This woman's doing her laundry while her baby is screaming. She gets into the car. She tucks the kid into the car. He stops screaming. She realizes the kid's gone, and there's a bunch of people roaming the streets screaming that someone is missing. We flash three years into the future, and now we're focusing mainly on this family in which the patriarch is the, the city police chief. He's got a moody daughter in high school and a son who's gone off to join some kind of cult where the cult leader is a healer of the soul. The wife is left to join another cult where they're on some kind of vow of silence, and they're all the city is preparing for this kind of celebration. <laughs> Celebration. My time ran out. It's not really a celebration. It's like a memorial on the third year anniversary of the day 2% of the world's population just up and vanished. Yeah. That's a lot to say. Yeah. It's funny because don't you think that 2% of the world, it ends up seeming like a whole lot more. And it seems like it's closer to like 20% of the I world. I wonder if maybe 2% of the of the people is the wrong number to choose. Yeah. And I know it's based on a novel, so I'm not really sure if they were kind of bound to whatever the writer said or if right. there was an opportunity to be liberal there. Um, but you're right. It does feel like more than it feels 2%. like a quarter of the town went missing. Except for that, it's not really... Well, I was going to say it's not post-apocalyptic, but it kind of is. Like when, a little bit. Like when the, when the dog gets shot and that guy... Is just like opening fire on dogs. Like right. that felt very post-apocalyptic. Yeah. That felt Walking Dead-ish. Yeah. Meanwhile, like the high schools are still functioning, and the the while there is a, a real depravity and darkness in the town, mm-hmm. it's still functioning. So they couldn't have lost so many people that they just didn't know what the hell to do. Right. Um. But you're right. Like in the background, when they're in the bar towards the end of the episode, um, 
when they're flashing on the screen all the celebrities that were killed. Right. It's a lot of celebrities. It's like every other celebrity. Who are the celebrities again? J-Lo, Anthony Bourdain, Shaq, <laughs> Gary Busey, the Pope. Oh I like how the God. Pope was at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, the yeah. Pope. So uh, that's like, that's right there is 2% of the celebrities. Right. The I didn't world. remember that. It would be funny if they acknowledged those on a more regular basis. Because I've watched the whole series <laughs> to this point. Yeah. Did you rewatch the pilot? I did. I didn't have time to rewatch the pilot because okay. of all the airport driving and stuff. Oh, but that was actually a very, uh, a very good like breakdown for me to remember everything. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think I got everything. It's just, there's not enough time in 30 seconds to cover that whole first episode. It is dark, man. It is it's pretty good, dark. Though. It is pretty dark. And the first season, they're going into the third season now. Is that right? Yeah, and it's going to be their last season. And it's going to be their last They've season. They said that we love that. Yeah, I, yeah, I love when there's when they know when to say when to something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the second season brought me the f back. Like I, really? I wasn't super pumped to watch it. Okay. But then we started watching it, and it got so crazy, like okay. to the point that it really, you know, like piqued my interest and and you're it, it was kind of like you know the flashbacks and lost mm-hmm. when you're like whoa we're getting crazy info here or like whoa that's what happens from this thing yeah yeah do we at any point find out what happened to those people no not necessarily not, yet not yet i don't don't believe no i didn't really put together right away that the main woman in the silent convent or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it the guilty remnant yeah. Okay, that's what they call themselves? That's what they're called, yeah. GRs. Yeah. Oh, because there was all this talk about the G- how the GRs are going to show up to the parade. Yeah. I did not connect that she was Justin Thoreau's wife. She looks a little too old to be Justin Thoreau's wife. Maybe he's just that handsome. Yeah. But, uh, also, she's like not in a very glamorous state, so that's fair. Well, the whole thing about the guilty remnant, yeah, is like they smoke constantly and they kind of don't give a shit. And their their main point is basically like they show up at the parade and they are holding a sign that says don't waste your breath in in memorializing the people who have gone missing. So their idea is um we have to move on from this or we're we're protesting the because there's a lot of religious imagery in this, and I, I wasn't sure. Like like when they unveil the statue that's supposed to memorialize those lost people, and it's like a guy giving a baby to the angels. Right. Like there's all kinds of religious imagery. And just the very idea of of there being a bunch of different like cult sects in this uh-huh. new world. And the opening credits is basically like Sistine Chapel opera style yeah so like is there a religious extremism element to the grs there's not it's their whole motivates them then what are they so pissed about they're pissed that everyone continued living on like nothing happened i see and we want to put up a statue Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden that's supposed to be like our memorial and then we just go back to working our nine to five and doing our regular thing whereas there's kind of like a nihilism to them too like like nothing matters but we should remember that that's so i think that's kind of like you know we'll take years off our life by smoking and see i think i think they i'm sorry to cut you off i don't know that's all good i think they were trying to divert you from assuming she was justin thoreau's wife at least until you saw the family photo uh in his 
in his stairwell, although right. he punches it and it kind of obscures her. And that's why I still wasn't sure until the end that she was his wife. Um, I think they were trying to divert you with Liv Tyler. They're yeah. like, oh, Liv Tyler is her daughter. I remember having that feeling when, when I watched it too. Uh, and they seem to be in their own story together. And maybe these two will line up at some point. But I think I figured his wife was one of the missing. Yeah. Uh, and as it turns out, there was no real connection to Liv Tyler except for that they seemed to know. They had, they were following her, I think, because they had a hunch that she wanted to join them. Yeah. And she did. Right. So they were like, they were like vulturing on her. Yeah. Yeah. She kind of, they, they realized how she was still so disturbed from this. And they kind of, they're trying to grow the guilty remnant. And you kind of learn throughout the series that the guilty remnant is growing in all over the world. So There's different sectors of this. I feel like we're in a very isolated community yeah. in this show. That's Do right. we get much perspective on how the rest of the world is dealing with this catastrophe? Well, it's funny because season two takes place in Texas. Oh. So they actually, the family like uproots and moves. Okay. So yeah, you do see that same kind of things are going on down there, but it's interesting. I'll, I'll tee it up for you just because the town that they moved to is the one town where no one went missing. Just, just suspiciously or i mean that is suspicious but to them it just seems like a cool it, it was it's supposed to be like a miracle like like you know people they were unharmed yeah like god-loving folk go down to like pray there and stuff and yeah okay and so that's where they go because it'll feel safer it'll feel more like the real world yeah i think so although i think they soon find out that it's not really like the real world because there's all these people constantly going there and it's almost like a like a music festival outside like people yeah. kind of wanting to get in there's like a high and mightiness to this town now a little bit yeah like and you need to show credentials and stuff to get in there's a big oh. bridge going over to it so have we already gone beyond where the book took us or does the book cover these three seasons you know i'm not even really sure i don't know how similar to the book the whole series has been so far. I know in the book, mm -hmm. uh, he is the mayor and not the police chief. Oh, interesting. Without, in my in my very limited research mm -hmm. before I'd had coffee, right? Uh, that's the only thing I really picked up on that was substantial. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, and, and you were right to to note the religious overtones because there there's even uh, in the series like a priest who has a wife who. Uh, becomes like paralyzed when that whole thing happens because she's in a car and oh, yeah. gets hit by a driver. And so that's a part of it. And, you know, she's he's the brother of another girl who lost someone. <laughs> so the yeah. 2% are all really tightly connected for some reason. But. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's very, very um curious but it's just so dark there's no laughs it was dark no i laughs. i i remember watching the preview for it and being like whoa this is gonna be the next game of thrones and it very much is not no game of thrones. it's like not got that widespread um not everyone can get into this show no i don't think so either but i mean i mean it kind of reminded me a little bit of walking dead except for that it's it's pre that they're not at such a, a desperate stage but um I don't know. It's It's got that supernatural, also apocalyptic component that is mm -hmm. very big right now. Yeah, it's kind of like Walking Dead meets Lost meets... And yeah. I say Lost just because, you know, some of the the way they treat the storyline is kind and of And it's similar. a Damon Lindelof show. And it is, yeah. Yeah. 
it's it's not a show you're hearing a whole lot about, except for that this week. I know it's on its way back, so it's been in the the headlines a little bit. Yeah. But until a few months ago, I'd never heard of the leftovers. And it's funny because when I said the second season of the leftovers was really good, I looked on Rolling Stone and they they had like the top, actually a bunch of like TV, like what to watch this season. Yeah. And they were all like. The second season totally redeemed everything about the first season. That's and like cool. Any errors that the first season had. It's great if you can avoid the it. sophomore slump. That is yeah. a great way to build momentum. Totally. Uh, we can't forget that Justin Thoreau wrote Tropic Thunder. We can't forget that Justin Thoreau wrote like Zoolander 2 yeah. and Tropic Thunder. And He's what like else did he do? He's like a big comedy guy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, was he in Tropic Thunder at all? Which I, I still haven't seen. I don't think so. I'm surprised you haven't seen that. That's yeah, like one of the comedy classics of our generation. Right. It's one of the things where I'm like, I don't know what to watch today. And it never comes into my head. Because if I thought of that, I would watch I don't it. know if it would hold up. No? Like, like frankly, Zoolander doesn't hold up. Like, if you have a special to place. You. Like, well, I you love have, Well, if you have a special place in your heart for it, I think that's fine. But, yeah. like, you couldn't show it to someone now and expect them to you don't connect, think so? connect with it. No, I don't. Huh. I don't, I don't mean to sound... Um, well, maybe it's because, yeah, there there are some references like the super tiny phone isn't a thing that exists anymore. Yeah, I also just think comedy is different now. Yeah. Like even Anchorman, like I think if you made Anchorman now, I'm not sure it would be funny. Yeah, you're right. I think some of the ways that Will Ferrell acts in general might not yeah. be considered as funny as they once were. He's in a new movie with Amy Poehler where really? they open a casino in their house. Okay. They have no money, so they decide, I think it's... Jason Mantzoukas is like their guy. No he helps, way. He helps them. Set When's this up coming a, out? Probably the summer. Oh, like they cool. have a they have a, a daughter who's going to go to college, right? But they can't afford to send her, so oh. they decide they're going to turn their house into a like a really hardcore high roller oh, casino for all the other parents in the neighborhood. Yeah, and it's it, I think it gets out of hand. And sure, it's, of course, it's it does. full of cameos of funny people. But oh, I hope it's funny. Yeah, I think it could be funny. Yeah. That would be nice. The last really funny Will Ferrell movie. What do you think it was? Oh, that's a good question. It's been a long time since he did something of that ilk where it's like where he's really out there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you have an answer to this question? I, I just think it was Step Brothers. Yeah. But that was that's going way back. It's, it is going back quite a ways. Yeah. Did you see Stranger Than Fiction? No, I never saw it. I'm going to lend it to you before you leave then. Did you like it? Yeah. In fact, it's on <laughs> I guess you it's on it. Netflix, but I'm going to give you the DVD so that you don't forget to watch it. Okay, so it'll just be It's one of my around. favorite movies ever. Really? It's an awesome movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Was that kind of his like punch drunk love of Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really good comparison. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Sandler was on Stern today. I haven't listened to that yet. Really? Yeah. They're yeah, kind of buddies it... again cuz Howard Cause he... used to rip on Adam Sandler a lot. But that was mainly for him, like, not going on the show and stuff, wasn't it? I don't think so. Like, because Adam Sandler, when he finally came back last year, he said, I was such a big Howard Stern fan. And then for a little while, for like six months, you guys wouldn't stop talking about how terrible I am. Oh, really? Then Howard had to kind of backpedal a little bit. So... You haven't listened, but do you think he lets off the the gas at all in kind of like what the popular thought of Adam Sandler is right now, which he is like he about hadn't it, really made a... He talked about it on Conan last week. He was like, really? even my kids don't like my movies. Really? He was like, that, and it's fine. Yeah. And if you're going to have that attitude, I totally respect that. Because yeah. you're, you're showing up to work and you're... It's not like people don't go to those movies, Jack and Jill... Grown ups, those sure. movies made 
a shit ton of money. Yep. And now he's got this deal with Netflix. The yep. do-over with David Spade is the most watched thing on Netflix ever. Wow. Period. Yeah. They don't even show you ratings, but they had to say, no, you got to see this. Yep. Wow. So people like Adam Sandler stuff the same way they like NASCAR and NCIS. Yeah. It's like a middle American thing that people appreciate. I'm pushing I don't say some of my to, buttons I, with NCIS here. This is where I come to escape NCIS. I know. I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't bring it up. It's a touchy subject. But but I, I, and I, I don't disagree. Like, there are worse things to watch than Adam Sandler's movies. He's I, made his classics and totally. he's made his fortune. Now he's he's just, you know, showing up, hanging out with his friends. Yep. You know, I don't I don't have any lack of respect for that. I'm probably not going to watch it. Does part of you cares? not cheer for like not want him to just have a really awesome movie? Sure I do. You know, he also did like Funny People and Punch Drunk Love and, you know, those, those were, were a while ago now though. Yeah, I guess so. Punch Drunk, Punch Drunk Love was like more than 10 years ago. Definitely. And Funny People was like like eight years ago, six or seven years, yeah, ago, eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, I I definitely still want him to I do hope, the thing. I hope one of these Netflix shows is like you know Happy Gilmore or something. I heard the Do Over is not that bad. I've never seen the Do Over, but me neither. Maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, no, you won't. Probably not. No, you got to watch Stranger Than Fiction. I'll watch Stranger. It's than really Fiction. good. I can't recommend it enough. Okay, cool. Have do we it. said everything? I don't think we've said everything about the leftovers. No, um, I'm trying to think of other. Th- things about the leftovers in that same scene where they were showing a montage of the celebrities that disappeared there's also you can see like loosely in the background hillary clinton is talking on tv and i was like oh this is a really interesting image that's funny knowing what's happened in the meantime uh yeah no i i've mostly covered my oh we didn't really talk about the uh the dead dog so uh justin throws like going for a run early on in the episode yep he sees this dog in the middle of the street. I kind of thought maybe it was a wolf, except for that he's wearing a name tag. No, it's a dog. And he's like about to go approach this dog and say hello to it. He's wearing a collar? Yeah. Like, okay. Did I say name tag? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, Hi, my name is Fun. Yeah. <laughs> like a target. No, he's wearing a collar. Um, and the dog seems friendly. And then all of a sudden it gets blown away. Right. And Justin throw pans over to this guy who's just like shooting dogs. Mm-hmm. And the guy gets in his truck and drives off. And so Justin Throw takes the dead dog and puts it in his trunk. Yeah. And later on, he tries to, I mean, he tracks down the owner of the dog and she doesn't want it back. She hasn't seen it in years anyway. Right. There's a later scene where his daughter borrows the car to go to a, a, a high school party. And uh, she opens the trunk and her friends are like, there's a dead dog in your trunk. That's really funny. <laughs> Uh, uh, and then she gets mad at him. Why is there a dead dog in the trunk? And he just kind of stares at her as if he's guilty of something. And I hate when when shows do that, when he doesn't just explain the truth. I know. When they just don't explain like, oh, She's you know, upset. I like she thinks this. he killed a dog or something. Like he's he's an outlaw now. Right. All he has to do is say, I I, I tried I to save this get, dog. I tried to save the dog. I'm sorry I left it in the trunk. <laughs> yeah. And she's going to go, okay. You've got a lot on my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't say anything. I found that kind of frustrating. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I think they kind of explain the dead dog thing. It's not a huge spoiler thing, but it has something to do with the either the owners have gone missing or the family stopped giving a shit about the dogs because someone else in their family went missing. Yeah. He goes to see the lady at her house and he and he's like, so I'm really sorry your dog's dead. And she's like, I don't really care. I haven't seen that dog in three years. Right. I haven't seen him since my husband disappeared. Right. And so she didn't want it back. Cool. So maybe you're even supposed to take it from that first episode, but I didn't remember that at the time. 
Yeah, I, I think I think the best way we can describe most of the people in this city is that they're just completely apathetic. Like, yeah, they're like just trying to the get great, through the day. Yeah, the great tragedy has just numbed them all. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of illustrated. In, well, that's and that's again what the guilty remnants kind of like fighting against. Right. Like you're just like numb now. Yeah. Like, why don't you feel anything? You should be constantly feeling and trying to figure out what happened and being sad about it. A thing that really stood out to me is in the one of the opening scenes, they show the high school and the, the principal gets on the on the speaker and says, now please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. And nobody stands. And the teacher doesn't stand. Like, oh, like they're just wow. like, they're we're just, just going to do this ritual, but nobody cares. <laughs> they're not going to actually pay attention. Right. Wow. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that either. Well, I probably would have picked up on it at the time. But you did, yeah. Yeah. I read somewhere. I, for, I wish I could tell you who said it, but somebody who is high-ranking enough in television executive dumb has seen the full third season and says it's a masterpiece whoa yeah so this is going to be the final season you're yeah the the idea is if you're a fan of this show you're going to like every episode of this show awesome start to finish wow you just really amped it up for me and i'd recommend anyone would you urge people to continue watching this absolutely i I, I totally want to give it my ass i'm not going to i love it because it's too dark for me sure uh this is so often the case you're not gonna give it your ass i'm not no i'm gonna give it my ass oh okay i'm definitely giving it my ass i totally recommend the show Mm -hmm. it's not my cup of tea though and i'm not gonna watch it okay is all yeah that's fair that's fair there's been a number of shows like that for you too which you're like i respect why people would enjoy this yeah absolutely no Uh, i think i think it's well done and i also love the idea of a show that has an end date justin thoreau is great in it yeah he's a a great like brooding main character yeah yeah no i think so too it's interesting it took him so long to become a leading man and even now he's not like an a-list celebrity isn't that weird is he still with jennifer aniston yeah they're married nice yeah love that happy couple yeah um also really loved him in Wanderlust. Oh, yeah, Wanderlust. He's I think he so wrote Wanderlust or he directed it really? or something. Awesome. He has something to do with that movie other than being in it. Yeah, it makes yeah. me want to watch Wanderlust again because th- I think that's an underrated comedy That is movie. a weird movie. It's weird, but <laughs> yeah. it's super funny. It is funny. And it's got a great like story the whole way through, super satisfying ending. Catherine Hahn's in that. Uh, who's Catherine Hahn? Catherine Hahn is the character actress. She's in like so many comedies. Oh, okay. You'd recognize her. Yeah. Uh, she was in Parks and Rec. She was in Step Brothers. She played Adam Scott's wife in Step Brothers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's everything she's in is funny to me. Yeah, I find her hysterical. She's a very funny character. She seems like someone who should have been on The Office or Parks and Rec or something, or like Saturday Night Live in the nineties. Yeah, because she, she kind of reminds you of Anna Gasteyer. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, she's totally Anna Gasteyer. Yeah, but I find her extreme, and I forget who I heard <laughs> say it. Like in Step Brothers, when she just while she has sex with John C. Riley in the men's <laughs> bathroom and then she just kicks a leg up and pees in a urinal. Yep. Yeah, she's crazy. She was a part uh, of like the Groundlings or sure, yeah. or one of those places and I forget who said it. It might have been like Melissa McCarthy or somebody said she's the best improviser. Right. Yeah. Like she's the one that everyone wanted to be but didn't necessarily get the main roles in. But she's I bet she's made that. a very good career for herself. Oh, totally. She's in everything. Yeah. Catherine Hahn. She gets my ass too. <laughs> this almost sounds kind of dirty. Yeah, I kind of—I don't mean for that to sound <laughs> in any way other than respectful and <laughs> that's not very, salacious in any way. Very good of you. Let's move on to this other show. Okay, I'm gonna—I'm gonna tee up the the clock. Uh, the show is a little program called 
Twin Peaks. Yes. It's amazing we're getting into this cult show an hour into the podcast. But <laughs> here we go. In three, two, one, go. Okay, so the show opens up, and it's uh, a small town in, I think, Minnesota in the mountains, and uh, it's a big sawmill town. First scene, dead girl on the rocks of the beach. Uh, a federal agent comes in to investigate. Uh, the whole family in high school is shooken, shaken up about it. Um, and certain characters in the high school seem to know more about what might have happened. Uh, and there's a lot of infidelity throughout the entire show. Very good. Thanks. That was a pretty good synopsis. Can I say before we get into any specifics yep. that I, I'm sorry, mom, fucking loved this pilot. Did you? It is one of the best things I have watched at all this year really I okay i'm happy to hear loved that. it did you watch the the, the ex- crazy long version like i did it was 95 minutes long what i watched so there that- is there is a two-hour theatrical version that was released later it was originally made as a two-hour movie mm-hmm. it wasn't put in uh theaters instead it was broken into two parts and made two episodes of a show right then those two parts were uh, melded together mm-hmm. into one episode, which is what I watched. Right. And then the extended two hour movie was revealed much later on. Right. So there's a lot of different cuts of this pilot. Yep. We basically saw the same story. Very satisfying detective with, is it Kyle McLaughlin? Kyle, Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah. Kyle McLaughlin. Dale Cooper. So I love the thing that I found most entertaining. I'm, I, I've, been, I've been holding this in for an hour. About I'm this beaming guy? about this show. Yeah. I okay, loved I love it. it. I loved how, how, he was such a like hard nosed detective with everything. knew the knew all of the answers. Kind of had these amazing hunches and was very straight laced. But when it came to like nature and stuff, he was just <laughs> freaking out. Like I gotta know like, about these trees. He's like these trees here, man. Like <laughs> and going on about the cherry pie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, and and apparently that's a damn good cup of Joe is a, a common catchphrase in the show. Yes. Like he'll take a drink of coffee. Good cup of Joe. Yeah, he's just a weird guy. He's a super weird guy. He's constantly talking to his little personal recorder, which he calls Diane. I'm not sure Diane's a person. No? No. Well, I looked up the IMDb and there's nobody in the show named Diane. I just kind of thought Diane was the person at like FBI head office who is in charge of like... It might be. And maybe maybe that's the most obvious like the most rational view of it. But I kind of like this idea that Diane's not a person at all. Right. Because he's clearly crazy. Yeah. But but brilliant in like a Sherlock Holmes kind of way. Like they really illustrated, okay, this guy's not messing around. He's actually, however eccentric he is, he's the real deal, right. which is really well uh, exemplified in the way he figured out uh, there's a motorcycle involved in this. When yes. he zoomed in on her eye and you can see the motorcycle tire. Yeah, which... That was seemed, very Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Um, the, the other thing I was going to mention was... Uh, the I think the other main character in the show is supposed to be like is their name Sarah, or Ron, the other high school girl, the other high school girl, yeah. yeah, who's who was her best friend. Yes, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So the thing I like about it is you really have no idea like like was there some sort of satanic cult involved and and I don't know if like anything ever gets solved about it. It does. It does. I already know everything. You know everything. I about read it? it all today. Are you gonna? Oh. I read it all. Wow. Because I can't watch that show. It's too, really? it's too scary. Yeah. It was so <laughs> but, like, it was so kind of like boring though. It was, it was not boring. It, no, it was it, so good. It wasn't boring. Like the devil was in the details for sure. But, yeah. but it was, it was two hours for me, you know, like, yep. so I watched the extended version, right. which had one particular scene, which involved a uh, high school student pop 
locking and dropping away from his locker. I don't know if they included that in the version that you I saw. I, no, I think I missed that. That's good because I took a video of it to show you <laughs> after. Or I could show you right now if you okay. want. In any case, very satisfying. All right. Um, but it just seemed like some like smaller things that you didn't really you need, could kind of figure out what was cut things that i loved were like random characters that like the 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 guy who ran the gas station his wife with the eye patch yeah and her like opening and shutting of the blinds did you see that yeah was i that, think like, so why was that important and it was just so like weird and it absurd. was very quirky and you know the things that i'm looking for in the show are like the weird david lynch things that like i don't know i'm not that versed in david lynch no though. neither neither am i so i watched blue velvet Right after after that uh, was it a Charlie Rose interview with David Foster Wallace yes. where he he mentions it a few times so yeah. I watched it and there was one part that he talked about in particular where someone dies and they're just standing up straight like okay. so they're dead yeah but they're just standing up straight like in in the living room mm -hmm. and it's like not explained or anything it's just part of the show okay so I think that's kind of from watching that and from watching this pilot. It's just kind of like some of the absurd ways, like the the way the mom screams and just acts like out of her mind. I thought she was a pretty good actress. She actually. was a good actor. She like so was the guy. I thought the guy who was crying, the cop who cried yeah. at all of the yeah. all of the scenes, which was supposed to be kind of funny. I think, but I right. thought he was a really good actor. There were a couple of reactions to uh, to Laura Palmer's death that I thought were like really well done, and one of them was Sarah's in the classroom when she's like yeah. when she just kind of puts it together. I thought that was really impressive. Yeah, and you're right, the mother goes real crazy yeah i mean as a mother would totally. um but i bought it like mm -hmm. i was i it was really kind of terrifying now when the episode ends and she's just lying on the couch having had the worst day of her life yeah she appears to have some kind of realization yeah and we see a quick clip of somebody picking something out of the dirt and she just starts screaming right and what do you think that well you know hinting at, you, i don't know you know what the dirt thing would like well, that's where the, the, the necklace, necklace was. was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what was cut out of this shorter no, no, no. version that you saw? So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But what did someone, she really, did she have a vision of something or did she just remember something? I don't know. And I was wondering if she was thinking, I'm, if she was remembering the fact, like, because she was sleeping on the couch downstairs, meaning that she kind of had an aversion to going upstairs. She mentioned right. earlier in the show, like, you know, I went up those stairs right there. Yeah. Like, that's where her room was. So, I don't know if she was kind of. Well, so there was also another scene where she had forgotten that her husband was upstairs when she's talking right. to the detectives and she's like, who's that upstairs? Well, she and says, it showed, I recognized Laura's footsteps. It showed the stairs before she screamed too. So yeah. I didn't know if we were supposed to take something from that or so if we're supposed to read into it, or... I'm going to read so much more tomorrow. I can't ever watch the show again. Really? It's so weird how much I liked it. Yeah. But I can't watch but it. But it's funny because most of the scary parts have like, like kind of like catchy jazz music. It's very it. campy. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's such a cool, um, dichotomy of mm. of horror meets camp meets soap opera like there's a very uh deliberate soap opera aesthetic to this show there's two seasons altogether two seasons that's it yeah, that's it 30 that seems episodes. that seems pretty easy to manage yeah. and how many episodes 30 30 yeah so 15 in the first and 15 in the second i don't know i don't know it seems easy to manage is every episode going to be a half an hour because like no i think they're hour episodes <sighs> but and it it's was released in 1990. 1990. And it's coming back next month. Well, that, here's the other thing is I want to kind of watch it in case it becomes big then. I want to be a part of it. It will become big then, I promise. Yeah. It'll be a, it'll, it might not be like huge. It won't right. be Stranger Things, but it will definitely be 
the hot TV item of the week when mm-hmm. it happens. And is David Lynch involved with it? Yeah, he's he made it. It's right. him and Kyle McLaughlin's back. Tons of them are back. There's like 30 returning cast members. That's amazing. Yeah. Isn't it funny that David... Not Laura Flynn Boyle, though. Isn't it funny that David Lynch was like the uh, late night show guru for uh, Louis C.K. when in, in the show Louis? Did you see that season of Louis? No, where I didn't see Louis's that. like trying to get get Letterman, like when Letterman leaves, right? He wants to be the the new Letterman, the new Letterman. Okay, that and would so never happen. But okay. he gets yeah, he gets the tip to like someone tells him to apply, or I I don't know how it works out, but he goes to this like late night coach, and okay. it's David Lynch, <laughs> and, like, it, and it's really people. awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and it's very bizarre and super straight. It's great. What? What not very David Lynch thing did David Lynch have to work on before he got to be David Lynch? Do you understand my question? Like, you, like, well, it's weird because he's just like the David Bowie of filmmaking. And yeah. like, when when did that click in? Like, how did he he arrive? I don't know. I'm not qualified to answer that question. I don't even know like what the early things that he. I I think he worked very independently. So yeah. he's kind of always been David. He's always been working on his own stuff. I guess. It's very specific. The dialogue is very like playful and uh, chatty. I love chatty and just like cinematographically, it kind of looked cool. I think he's got a thing where he wants. He always tries to keep things looking as close to being in like the fifties or sixties as possible. Yeah, I definitely caught did, that. I had to ask myself, like, is I know this is was like it came out in nineteen ninety, but when is it right. set? I think it's kind of ambiguous. Blue Velvet was the exact same way. Okay. Um, and I think like based on the other, like what other movies did he do? Like Eraserhead and Ed Wood. Yeah. I think like, I think those are kind of, well, they might actually take place then. Is Ed Wood his movie? I think. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not positive, but, but yeah, he's a strange guy. Super into like Zen meditation and stuff. Really? Yeah. I've watched like videos about him talking about Zen meditation. I was fascinated by it all. Whatever, mm. whatever, uh, what other notes do I have? I had asked a little while ago on Reddit, there was like a discussion where Twin Peaks came up and I just commented, uh, if I'm pretty easily spooked, but I like quirky stuff, would I enjoy the show? And I got a very uh, divisive response. Like half Ooh. the people were like, no, if it's like, it's, it's not that, you can handle it. It's, if you like quirky stuff, you should really watch the show. It's like important. Right. Uh, and other people were like, no, it's the scariest thing I've ever watched in my life. Wow. Yeah. So like it, there's a very different perspective. Well, on that the whole like scene with the dirt on the ground and the note that says fire walk through fire walk with me yeah fire walk with me and there's blood on the floor like there's that was a really dark and scary and then and then it'll go back to like right right and like high school kids and stuff but you're like was this like a satanic cult or something i want to there yeah there's lots of like satanism and like spirituality whoa really oh it's a very supernatural show it's not... Jen asked that. She was like, isn't this like a supernatural show? And I said, I don't know if it's supernatural. It is a supernatural kind of like... show. Yeah. Interesting. Um, there's a follow-up film called Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me, and I think it's a prequel. Okay. Um, but it came like a couple years later. Uh, so I'm not really sure what that expression right. means, but I guess... We'll I, find out. I was just thinking while I was watching it, there's like a Simpsons episode where at one point Homer turns on Twin Peaks, and it's just like... 
a man, I think it's supposed to be the FBI agent, Kyle McLaughlin, like slow dancing with a unicorn. <laughs> and Homer's like, what? And just kind of turns it off. That's the idea. It's just so, such a confusing, weird yeah. show. Yeah. So that makes me want to watch it more. If it gets more into the weird zone. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, I, like I, I, know, I know who killed Laura Palmer. <laughs> Stop taunting me with this information. Yeah. I don't want to know. Okay. I think I'm going to try to watch it, though. Uh, rated number five on Entertainment Weekly's greatest cult TV shows of all time. That's the thing. And we've said this before when we've covered, say, Saturday Night Live or Star Trek. Something that's much bigger than us. Right. It's very difficult to say everything about a thing. And if we have a listener who is a big Twin Peaks fan, we surely are not doing it justice. But mm-hmm. this is just looking at the pilot blindly. Right. Um, I know our friend Megan is a big, uh, big Twin big Peaks fan. fan. Yeah. We could get her on the phone if we wanted. Yeah, we probably could. I can't hook up a phone to this, though. Oh, no. I don't. I don't. I couldn't do it quickly. Okay. That's I, for sure. If I put it on speakerphone, would it sound really shitty? I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a good idea. I hadn't thought of it. Just to try to, like, see what she thought of it. I think she loved it. I think that's yeah. the idea. Yeah, but I want to know, like, why? It's... Like, did she love it because it was really weird? Did she love it because it had a satisfying ending? Did she love it because... She fell in love with one specific character. I think you're thinking too much about it. I'm not sure why I liked it. It was just a it was just a beautifully no, put together piece. I didn't I didn't hate it. Like I thought it was cool. I thought it created its own universe. And, yeah, and I like that. It was just it was it was a very unique. It had a mm-hmm. it had a an aesthetic to it. Wasn't a fan of the 20 it. minute credits. Was going to mention. That. Oh my god, it was long. It was so long. <laughs> it was, it long. was almost comedically long. Yeah, it was. And The Leftovers isn't a lot better. No? I that, didn't really notice I that. Fine, that goes on for quite a long time, too. That's but, like a thing that's happening now. Yeah. Like, the House of Cards one is really terrible. It's so long. It seems like it gets 40 minutes longer every episode, too. <laughs> I know. Too. I know. Uh, Orange is the New Black has a really long one. They released a teaser. But that's yesterday. a... I, I like that song. It's a pretty good song. Who is that again? Regina Spector. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do they they release a teaser for the new season? For season five, yeah. They you're, left on quite a cliffhanger last year. And you're going to watch season five? You're, it's like Girls. I don't really think it's that good anymore. No. But I got to keep it up. Right. Yeah. Do you want it to end kind of? Just so yeah, but it's not like, going to. They're, they're doing like three more seasons. Um, that was like one of the original Netflix shows. Yeah, definitely. After House of Cards, I think. Yeah, I think House of Cards was first. Yeah. It's not bad. It's just not... Same with Girls. It's not bad. It's just not special anymore. Right. It's not. It's not... It's not solitary. It's right. not the only thing of its kind. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Did you see? I think it's a thing from girls, but like someone released a video where <laughs> it's Brian Williams saying like, we're seeing some amazing images here. And it's like a split screen. And it's basically like the most vulgar scene involving Allison Williams in girls. The face butt scene. Yes. Yeah. The face butt scene. Yeah. That's just happening like on a loop. He's like, it's really amazing. So is the really amazing. Did it, did you just see it this week? Because yeah. I he's just kind of in the zeitgeist right now because of what he said about the Syrian airstrike. And no, he used words like beautiful to describe it. Oh and God! Oh, maybe that. Okay, maybe that's why it was discussed. But is he back on air now? Yeah, yeah, he's back on air. Oh, okay, he's not like he's not like NBC's lead anchor anymore. But he left for a while, right after the. Uh, yeah, he got suspended for a while. I think. Right, yeah. Right. 
But this is like a parody, right? He's not actually no, no, on. yeah. This is definitely yeah, a parody. Somebody edited it together, right? So he, he they edited the two things together, the beautiful images and that. That's what it was. Beautiful I heard her images. talking on Popcorn with Peter Travers about how she had a nudity clause when she signed on for Girls, and when she showed up, they were like, you know, like if you want this show, and you probably do, like you're going to have to strike this from the contract. And she like stood her ground about it and they yeah. still hired her, which is why she never like was topless on girls while right. the rest of them always were. Yeah. Um, but she still had the most graphic scene, the most graphic sex scene of In anyone history. that I've ever seen on television. <laughs> yeah. It just wasn't technically nudity. Right. Anyway. Face and a butt. Face. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> In case listeners were wondering. That's what you There's know. There's a face in her butt. Yeah. All you have to do is Google girls and you'll find it. Although don't. <laughs> Don't Google that picture. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> happy we talked about that for a little. little uh, bit. I think that's actually next time we do a podcast, girls will be over. Really, Sunday is the series finale. Okay, yeah, I didn't keep up with that at all. Past second season, the second season was so bad to me. It was bad. Although I, I watched, uh, I watched a little bit of the third season, and I thought they kind of caught the thread again. And then the fourth season wasn't very good. And is this is the fifth or the sixth season. I don't even know. Crashing ended. Yeah, I uh, fine. I liked the last couple episodes, like the Sarah Silverman episode. I liked that a lot. was good. The episode yeah. after that was kind of like, why does his life keep screwing up? But it was still funny. When I he think. was working at Rachel Ray, yeah, and got fired for that was pretty funny talking to his mom. Yeah, yeah, it, you know, it, it's getting a little bit more like curb your enthusiasmy. How it's like, okay, well, he's never really gonna, you know, he's a terrible actor though. Completely ingratiate himself with any crowd. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. a that's really taking me out of it. I don't buy him really as an actor now. Yeah. I think it's be- just because I'm like, what is this character that he built? And was he actually like this? And I just started believing. And he it might be, yeah. I don't know. He's a lot cooler than that on the podcast. Yeah. He's I not know. that cool on the podcast, but he's cooler than that. But it's also really the first time that he acted in anything. Pretty wasn't much, it? I think. Besides like, like college humor, Batman videos. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you see Ross Marcon's mini impressions? Did we talk about this at all? Uh, or his his new impressions where he'll be like doing Marlon Brando. I showed you in this. Jaws. Oh yeah. yeah, you did. You yeah. showed me that. Yeah, yeah. I showed he's other so good. It's crazy. I know. He just has this ability to become people. Yeah. His face becomes the thing. Yep. And there's nothing more exciting than an impression that you've never heard before. Mm-hmm. So like him doing Ewan McGregor perfectly. Right. Is like stunning. Yeah. It's and so Colin cool. Farrell. Colin Farrell. Uh, Kevin Spacey. It's, yeah. it's really cool. It's like, oh, I didn't know you could do Kevin Spacey. Even Brad Pitt's really funny yep. because it's clearly Brad Pitt from Inglorious Bastards, but he just made something out of yeah. it. Like yeah. even the kind of the way he's standing. And like, uh, Taron Killam did a similar Brad Pitt. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay, that's legit. Is that the show? That's the show. That's the show. 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 I give my S to both of those shows. Mm-hmm. S S both of them. Yeah, four S's. Yeah, great, sweet. I uh, I'm I might watch. Go home and watch Twin Peaks. You should. Calling it. Do it. Although it's playoff time. Your Cavs are in. <laughs> They're like first in the East. <laughs> yeah. LeBron's going to open a school for at-risk youth, I read today. Nice. He's. I think he's overall, now this is going to be like 20 years from now, we're going to laugh so hard because I'm going <laughs> to say, I think LeBron's kind of a good guy. Yeah. When, when some scandal breaks. Exactly. There's going to be something awful that happens. <laughs> like, what? I can't believe I said that. That's making this conversation pretty surreal. Yeah. Man, isn't LeBron the worst? <laughs> but but so are you going to watch more this year? Because you kind of got into it last year. Only in the playoffs. So I guess, yeah. Sure. I, w- I playoffs will for sure. Playoffs start tomorrow, I think. Amazing. Yeah. Great. 
Okay. Cool. Got to watch all of Twin Peaks in the next 24 hours. Sweet. I will? Yeah, you do. So <laughs> before the playoffs start. I, I think you should try to try to do it. Except for that I know everything. Yeah. I know how the series ends. I know. I'm kind of disappointed in that. But I also love that you, you like where it goes. I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were reading it. Like, obviously, you kept reading and thinking. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm into it. Everybody have a, a great week. Be safe. Let's remind me to or ask me next week how okay. many more episodes I've watched of it. Okay, I'll, I'll remind you next week. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye. Never trust Will Smith. Never trust William Smith. <laughs>